strength. Our scripture today is found in the Gospel of Mark, 13th chapter, Signs of the End of the Age. As he was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what a magnificent buildings. Jesus said, Do you see all these great buildings? Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen and what will be the sign that they are about to be fulfilled? Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one comes to deceive you, and many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and would deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of war, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nations will rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These will be the beginning of birth pains. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, open up our hearts that we may see this scene unfold before us as you show us our lives and our time. Help us understand that we are part of a great and holy pattern of salvation. And this pattern of faith is found in your life and found in your word. Lord, let us claim that word today in our lives that we may look beyond the veil of tears and the fears and see what you have in store for us. And Jesus holy sweet name we pray. Amen. They don't have the full count yet of the people in Paradise, California. The numbers were very high. The fires have swept there. It's been in my prayer so much. I've watched the news and the devastation of this place. I did some research on the history of this small village, this town. It was a gold mining town. It did not have a lot of people in it, only a few dozen looking for gold there in the mountains of California. In fact, uh, they had a bar. The name of the bar was a pair of dice because they gambled in this bar and gambled for what little bit of gold they did find. And somehow over the years, that pair of dice became paradise. And now, this story of a town is an amazing story of survival and story of family, of faith, of love, of loss. And as I looked at it over the past few weeks, realizing the losses that have been suffered, I realized in many ways we look at life as either a gamble or life with purpose. We see life either as chance or life is part of God's great plan. And each one of us, in our own way, we choose which way we look at life. Jesus is teaching us in this scripture how we are to look at things and understand. On this particular day, he's leaving the temple and his disciples are with him. And one of them says, look, teacher, what massive stones, what a magnificent building. In other words, they're saying to Jesus, isn't it great all that we have done building this great temple? It's called the Temple of Herod. Historically, it was a very large temple with massive stones. It was an architectural engineering feat. 
that was the high point of that civilization there in Israel at that time. And here Jesus is looking at the stones along with the disciples, and he asked them this question, do you see? Do you see all these great buildings? He's trying to help them to look beyond what they see to what God would have them see. Do you see what I see? I love that in Christmas. I love the carols. Do you what? Hear what I hear. God's constantly calling us to look beyond where we think we are to where we really are. And with that, God has given us a purpose. And that purpose is God's will. Here, Jesus is helping them to see that purpose when he says, do you see the stones? And the disciples are looking. And then he says this purpose to them, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. You could imagine the shock and surprise because they're seeing what's before their eyes, but he's showing them something that's in their heart if they but open up their heart and look beyond what they think they see. One lady was escaping the fire there in paradise and she was on the highway and she said that in the car in front of her, the brake lights were melting on the car. And she was surrounded by flames as they were trying to escape. See, what happened is when they built this little village, they only built it for a few hundred people. And then people started moving in and the numbers grew to 27,000 residents of a place that could not sustain but only a few hundred. The roads were one way. They were not meant for high traffic. They were not ready for what happened. And when the fire came, which always comes in that part of the world, they were not ready. They thought they lived in one place, but in reality, they lived in another. They did not see what God would have them see. But who are we to blame them? Who are we to somehow say they didn't cover their bases? They didn't understand the challenge. When I lived on the Outer Banks, I, um, I dealt with a lot of fishermen. I lived with a lot of people who live in the ocean. And I can tell you right now, the ocean is big and a little fishing vessel is very small. They used to have me come down and pray and bless the boats, the Wicked Tuna people. Just the doghouse was one of the boats I used to go down and work with, with Britton Shackerford, a captain there, a wonderful young man with a beautiful family. And he uh, was a graduate, University of Virginia. His father wanted him to be a lawyer, but Britton wanted to be a fisherman. And now he is a great fisherman who helps people to see things and to experience things. But he lives his life with faith because he knows every time he goes out, he faces dangers in that water. Dangers that are great with waves and with creatures and with elements. See, Jesus is describing to his disciples, there is a purpose in this plan. And here is the plan. I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll kind of bypass a little bit of the sermon and just tell you what the plan is. What goes up must come down. If you build it, it'll fall. No matter what it is, 
No matter if it be a life, if it be a structure, if it be a plan, if it be an ego, if it be vanity, no matter what it is, if it be wealth, no matter what it is, whatever you build up, it will fall. But through Christ you shall rise again. And that is the plan of Christ. The plan of Christ is not the falling. The plan of Christ is the rising. See, his plan has purpose. He wants us to see beyond. He's saying to the disciples, you think this is worship? You're going to be worshiping within yourself, me. You are becoming the temple, the place where God dwells. See, you see all these great buildings. Not one here will be left upon another. Everyone will be thrown down. But as they're thrown down, I will be there to lift you up. Another interview with another lady escaping from paradise said everything was gone. Everything was gone. Every picture, every photograph, every wedding album, all the memories of the children, everything was gone. And I think about how life can be. These people now are having to live in places that they're not used to and having to deal with loss at a level that is so great and the world continues to live each and every day looking at that as an exception instead of the rule. How soon are we going to realize this is a troubled old world? Troubles happen each and every day. The devil's always on duty. Every day, no matter how we think things are good, there's elements working. And so what happens is the disciples now are confused because they think that this is the culmination of faith, the great temple. And now Jesus is saying the temple is going to be thrown down. And so they are sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple. And you have the four there. You have Peter, James, and John, the inner core, and Andrew, who's the arm of Jesus, the one that reaches out. They asked him privately, tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to be fulfilled? In other words, the disciples are wanting some insider information. They're wanting to know when this is going to take place. I can tell you when it's going to take place. It's going to take place now. Today, it's happening. Some say, well, it's not happening. We don't see things happening. You can't see what I see. You can't hear what I hear. I hear a world that uh, instead of getting better, it's getting worse. Do you know we have just lived through the biggest information revolution in the history of our species? We now have instant access to data and knowledge that was never afforded before to the masses. We're able to travel great distances and see great things. We're able to build. We should be a world that is in the pinnacle of good, yet we can't even go to town without somebody trying to steal our car. We can't even leave our house without somebody trying to break in. We can't even go to school without having fear of somebody not being right and doing something that is wrong. See, Jesus is describing that we live in such a place as this. Now what happened in our culture, what we did is we tried to build enclaves of safety and we started building these gated communities and all these places that are supposed to be safe. But the truth is we cannot escape it. 
We cannot run from the truth that is the world we live in. This is a messed up, troubled world. But what's Jesus saying to them? He's saying that this is what you need to look for. And he says, first, the first thing you need to realize is with that purpose that God has for you and with the plan that he is building, he wants you to look for peace. And he warns us, he says, watch out that no one deceives you. In other words, there's a lot of people out there trying to sell stuff that's not real. They're trying to make out like something is happening that is not happening. They're trying to make you believe something is occurring that is not occurring. We are living in one of the most deceptive of times. There's so much information, yet there's so little wisdom. And how do we discern that wisdom? How do we understand this time we live in? You can know the encyclopedia from A to Z. You can know from aardvark all the way to whatever the last word is in Z. It doesn't mean you understand. To understand life is to know more than knowledge. I have a lot of knowledge. It's amazing how much knowledge I got. The older I get, the more knowledge I get. I'm starting to think that I, I was halfway smart. I used to think I was not, but it's like knowledge is exploding. I watched, uh, you know, Jeopardy. I know the answers. I'm peeling off answers even before he can finish reading the question. Children are amazed. People say, how do you know all that? I don't know how I know all that. Maybe watching that TV just got in my head and maybe it's still there. Maybe me sleeping on a book. Have you ever done that? Slept on a book before a test? I have. I take every, every option. It's amazing. That book would just seep right into your brain. So before you take your next big test, take that big book and put it under your pillow. And when you make an A, you can thank the preacher for giving you an inside trick. Some of you going, that's not right, Jerome, you shouldn't do that. I have some former teachers saying that, you shouldn't say that. But it's the truth, be in proximity, close to knowledge. That's why I like smart people, you guys. Because I like being around smart people because the smarter they are, the smarter I appear to be. So Jesus is saying, do not let anyone deceive you. There will be many who comes in my name claiming I am he and will deceive many. And when you hear of wars and rumors of war, now how can this be about peace if Jesus is talking about war? Can you see? Can you see beyond the flames? Can you see beyond the pain? Can you see beyond the tears. Can you see beyond the fears? Can you see beyond even the shadow of death? Can you see what Christ would have us see? And this is what I say. Somebody once told me that, in fact, it was Britton told me this, Britton Shackford. He said, the thing about scars is that they make you tougher. I said, Britton, that may be so, you're a highly educated man, University of Virginia, but I don't like scars to start off with. <laughs> he said, well, in this world, you're gonna get them. Cause sometimes you'll hook a shark. There was this guy the other day, he was out fishing. He hooked a great white. He fought it a little while till he realized it was bigger than his boat, so he decided he would let it go. Uh, that's the case where you give the shark the boat and you get away. See, we have sharks out in this world. We have troubles. We have tribulations. 
nations. We have wars. We have rumors of war. We have earthquakes. We have fires. We have devastation. We have super volcanoes under Yosemite. I'm very troubled about that. These scientists, they, uh, they scaring me. Every time I watch one of their reports or read one of their reports, they're telling me there's super volcanoes and, and there's asteroids. I think, uh, is it an asteroid still in space? And there's a science to that. We have a science teacher. I know we got all kinds of teachers here. When it enters Earth's atmosphere, it's a different. It's called something else. Ast asteroid or I have no idea. Y'all got to look that up. See, the fact is we got all kinds of dangers facing us. But we're not defined by our dangers. We're not defined by these things. History may be defined by wars and it may be measured by this, but our lives are not measured by that. Think about your life. It's not the bad that you get measured by. It's the good you get measured by. It's the day you graduate and walk across the stage. It's the day that you are married and you enter into a holy covenant. It's the day that you enter into a fellowship with the Lord your God and you believe in Jesus. Our lives are not defined by the bad. If I were defined by the bad, I would be the saddest of people because I've had a lot of things happen that I do not understand. I've had a lot of troubles that I cannot, cannot understand. But what I do understand is no matter what is happening, I shall rise again. What is happening, I can look beyond it. Because I can build a better house. And I can build a better life. I can have more love. I can grow. See, Jesus is saying many are going to come and they're going to claim that they are him, but I am the only one, he says. And when you hear of these wars and rumors of war, such things must happen. I know we don't want to hear that. I know we don't want to hear how troubled it is and there's nothing we can do about it, but there is something we can do beyond it. And what we can do is realize that God is with us. Jesus said, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age was the last promise he left us with when he ascended into heaven. He said, I'm with you now. Now people are saying, people are saying this day and age that somehow we can build a better world. We want to go to Mars. National Geographic, which sponsors Wicked Tuna has a new uh, show called Mars, and it uses scientists, and they talk about when we're going to land on Mars and colonize Mars. And they're talking about all the problems that could rise up in Mars. Well, they're showing a lot of drama, people fighting each other, getting into a fist fight. They're having struggle over leadership. Everything happening on Earth, happening on Mars. No matter where we go, we're going to take it with us. We're going to be fighting Carolina Duke. Maybe not this year so much, but we're going to be fighting no matter where we go. We'd have a Carolina camp on uh, Mars and a Duke camp on Mars. The Duke camp would be a little bit different from the Carolina camp. I won't tell you how different, but uh, we'll have better food. That's what the deal is. So the Carolina people have better food. The Duke people, they're they too busy thinking they're going to beat everybody. We Carolina people, we, we like to eat. And then we'll beat you. That's how we do that. See, nations will rise against nations, he says, kingdoms against kingdoms, and there will be earthquakes in all kinds of places. There was an earthquake yesterday. Right off the coast, a little tremor, a little four-point something happened. We didn't even notice it. How many here have felt an earthquake before? I was in California and felt earthquakes. I was out in Hollywood 
I was there uh, right next to that pyramid game with Whoopi Goldberg. You know that game, uh, the pyramid, the Hollywood Squares? Well, I'm not sure what it's called. And there was an earthquake, and I grabbed the wall, and I'm hanging on. And they laughed at me and said, what you scared of? And I said, I'm not used to the earth moving underneath my feet. I'm from North Carolina. I'm used to storms above me, not below me. And they said, you don't even worry about it when you live here long enough. And I told them I would always be worried about it because anything that shakes the ground you walk on, it's something to be terrified about. And Jesus says there's going to be earthquakes and there's going to be famines. And then he says this thing that is amazing. He says, and these are the beginning of the birth pains. In other words, we don't look at the fall, we look at the rise. We look at the deliverance that happens beyond the pain that produces us. We live in a world that does not realize the cycle, the plan and the purpose that God has given us. So we make our choice. Do we live our life like it's a gamble and it's a pair of dice being cast and we live with whatever chance we may have? Or do we live life believing there is a paradise God has made for us that is beyond this place that is something we can truly invest and believe in? And Christ calls us to live with that confidence that he is our Lord. There are big things happening, people. Thanksgiving now has dwindled down to the least of holidays. Financially, economically, even in commercials, we're going straight from Halloween to Christmas. We live in a land that's lost sight of God. We live in a troubled time. But here's what I know. Whatever will come to be, my God is greater. My Christ is is greater. No matter what challenge I have, the Lord is with me. Who can be against me? So when the thieves come at night and try to steal, realize they cannot take away what they cannot steal, which is faith, which is purpose, and the plan God has given to us. I'll say it another way. When I was a young boy, I was a little kid, like in the third grade. We were living over in Bridgeton near Newburn, North Carolina. I was a new kid at school. There was this bully that was there. He used to pick on me because I was a little kid. I hadn't grown really yet. And here I am, a little blonde-haired, blue-eyed kid, my ears sticking out, my hair cut with a bowl. You know how it is. My daddy used to cut my hair. I went to school, and this bully picked on me, and he pushed me down. Every day he pushed me down. And I'd go home and tell dad and hope that he'd show up and make him stop. And my dad kept saying, you got to handle it, Jerome. you got to handle it. This is your challenge. You can do it. I said, but dad, it's not right. And mom said, you got to go out there, Calvin. you got to stop that bully from hurting that boy. And he never really hurt me. He never really punched me, but he kept pushing me down. And my dad said, no, he's got to face it. It's his challenge. He's got to do it. And I'm sitting there going, I don't want to do it. I don't, he's bigger than I am. And then the day came that he pushed me down one too many times. And I got up. You seen that movie Christmas Story? You remember when, uh, what's his name? Uh, it's Ralphie. You remember when Ralphie catches mad and 
Oh, Lord have mercy, Will. He uses real bad language and got to put his soap in his mouth, and that's what he deserved. But I didn't use bad language, but I got back up, and I pushed him, and he pushed me, and we commenced the fighting, and next thing I know, I got expelled. First time I'd ever been in trouble in my whole life, really. And my daddy was proud of me. Have you fought yet the faith fight that's at hand? When people would challenge you and push down what you believe and what you hope for? Sisters and brothers, God has a plan for us, and that's to rise up. It weren't much of a fight. There weren't no blood. There weren't no anything bad. It was just we were shoving each other. We were just little kids having a, having a time. But I tell you the truth, after that, I felt so proud and so good because for that first time in my life, I didn't depend on someone else. I found within myself the hope I needed to find. Now, sisters and brothers, there will always be bullies. There'll always be trouble, there'll always be fires, there'll always be earthquakes, and there's all going to always be war as long as we're on this side of the veil. But the day is coming, the day is coming when that veil is going to be taken away and the kingdom will be at half happening. And God said there'll be no more tears and wars and fears and all these things will pass away. And these are the beginning, even now, of these birth pains. Let us pray. Dear Lord, let us know that we face a challenge in this world we live. Let us know that by not thinking only of the challenge, but of the grace and peace that lies beyond. For every day we see your hand at work, and you give us another day of opportunity. You give us a day to love more and to grow more and to live more. Lord, you give us a reason for this living that we choose to live another day in this hope of Jesus the Christ. And as our land, it grows more troubled, and all these things continue to happen, let us look beyond these moments and see that your plan is at hand, and the kingdom of God is nigh. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.